go 133. I think they're going to do it just around. They were 433, the French in 2006, the world's best time in Porcelain. And these guys at 433 seconds inside, and they're just killing it, aren't they? We'll take a look at this, just how big that lead is. But you know what they've got in their mind. They've got, they're going for the world best time um, in a semi-final. It's a fairly crazy thing to do, but this is their chance to put their name in the history book. So let's uh, have a look at what they can do. I mean, this shows their dominance. Nicola Braich, their coach, is going to be delighted. 6.03 is the time they're looking for. Whoa, sub six. That's wicked. That sub is six wicked. Brilliant from Sinkovic and Sinkovic. Martin and Valen. Such a uh, pedigree there, I guess. Maybe the rough conditions meant they, they let the Lithuanians get away, but what a response. Moving back from half length down to half length up in the space of 300 metres. And they get to come to the line now. All that expectation delivered. Olympic champions, Lithuania in second. And Norway with Olaf Tofta in third. Brilliant there. But the favourites have won. Martin and Valent Sinkovic. The Olympic champions in men's double skulls swapped two blades for one. They got the silver last year. Will they go one better this year? The Sinkovic brothers, Martin and Valent. There's the Croatians come out to the line. Just five strokes left for the Sinkovic brothers to be 2018 world champions. Another amazing feat to add to the Sinkovic's. After competing internationally for a number of years and racing at the Rio Games, Jake and I decided that there is so much more to every athlete's story than uh, just watching their final race and watching that A final on the TV. So the goal of the Row Show is to go into every single athlete's story and the, that, the huge work and, and dedication behind those performances and really have a look at, at what makes them tick and, and what gets them onto that podium. We know the passion that we have for sport and for rowing is shared by many others around the world and I think we really find it important that there is a way in which we can engage with the top athletes in, in our sport of rowing and really listen to their stories, the hardships they have to go through, the training regimes that they have to go under to get that final result because of course winning that gold medal is not the complete picture of what they have to go through. Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. It's a crucial role in South Africa. Compassion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Ultimate goal. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> hey guys, um, happy new year and welcome to 2019 and the row show we got some really cool stuff coming up this year a new year new season uh, lots of new people to to speak to so enjoy the show and let us know if there's anything you really want to hear this year anything new we also got some new ideas that we're going to try and uh, test out so just enjoy and get going today we are talking to the sinkfish brothers from croatia um, it's such an epic episode. We go over many topics. They've done so many racing across across multiple disciplines and boats. Um, we get involved into their quad, their transition to the double, and of course their transition to the pair. Um, there's so many epic results, and to be honest with you, the Sinkovic's are already one of the greatest crews of all time. I don't know what you think about that, eh, Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, they, their results 
just speak for themselves. I mean, uh, world champions in three different boat classes across sculling and sweep ball and just really quality guys. I mean, we had such a cool, we have such a cool chat with them and it's just, yeah, really, really tops from, from us. And I mean, it's the first time on the row show that we've had a crew on the show. I yeah. mean, uh, usually we just have individuals. So really cool to have uh, four people chatting about uh, the usual questions and the, the results. So yeah, really, really interesting, really funny and exciting. And yeah. Really, really cool. Really think, insightful. Yeah, I think I really actually enjoy chatting to them about the quad because it was, from, I mean, from London, I think most people would be more familiar with their double their double racing together. But the things that they did in that quad uh, in that land, London campaign were ridiculous. I mean, to give you a, a small snippet of what they've achieved, in 2010, they won under 23 world championships in the quad. Then they won all three World Cups, and then they went on to win, become the world champions. I don't think there's a single crew out there that has ever done something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really unheard of of a crew, that, an under-23 crew. I mean, you hear under-23 crews doing well at seniors, but yes, never really never. winning, and winning all the World Cups as well, really yeah. impressive. And then going on to their like, unbeaten run in the in the double, where they, I mean, they they really thugged that thing along and, and put out some amazing races. And in 2014, um, holding the, the, the world record, first crew and only crew ever to, to go, go under six, six minutes, minutes in the, the double skulls. Really, really impressive. And then deciding that they've achieved everything they want to achieve out the double and they're going to go and give the pair a bash. And not only give the pair a bash and, and then go back to the double, but really stick it out for, for two hard years, very difficult years, and, and learn everything they needed to do to come away with the world championships there. Really epic. Yeah, and it makes them world champions in three different boat classes across multiple disciplines. And you talk about experience. Another stat for you, they've won 34 combined medals together on their senior career. I don't even include their under-23 medals. This is just... World Cups, European Champs, and, and World Championships. So, I mean, that's enough of us being complete fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go and get into the show. Hello and welcome to uh, Valent and uh, Martin Sinkovich to The Row Show. Really great to, to have you guys on the show, and uh, thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, thanks for uh, calling us, and uh, it's great to talk a little bit about the uh, rowing and everything. Yeah, Best time and good wishes from Croatia. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I think uh, it's always nice to to get rowers um, to talk about uh, their stories and their training because uh, rowers really like talking about rowing. So yeah, <laughs> always uh, goes very well. So I mean, uh, off the bat, I think let's let's get into rowing in the quad from uh, your 2012 uh, London campaign because I think a lot of people um, in the rowing community today might be a little bit unfamiliar with that quad campaign they probably recognize you guys mostly from your double but i think some of your best results you guys have achieved have been in that quad so you know tell us a little bit about the story between the selection of uh, you two david sane and damia martin in the quad how did it all come together yeah we were all we were all uh, the same age uh, except martin martin is one uh, year younger so uh, I rode uh, with Damir uh, in junior, in juniors, and with David uh, one year later. So we were all f- familiar with each other. And uh, after Martin came from juniors to seniors, uh, we started to row the double. 
because uh, we are brothers and we had the same coach and we are in the same club. And in 2008, uh, we were second uh, at under 23 uh, World Double. And the next year, Damir and uh, David Shrein uh, started to row double and we were really, really close together. We rode five or six races against each other and it was all, all races was between us one or two seconds. So it was natural to, to, to try quad. And then first race in the quad uh, was München World Cup and we beat Polish. And they were unbeaten, I don't know, five years uh, till then. So it was crazy good and <laughs> that's how it happens. So, so then just going uh, just b- before that a little bit, because um, the two of you are only one year apart on your age. So did you often uh, train together uh, when you were younger and did you do any other sports together as well? Yeah, when we were younger, we always uh, trained, let's say, in the same club with the same coach, but we never trained in the same boat. I mean, it was pretty... Unusual for us because I'm year younger and Vant was always row with the guys his age because of that we started to row together from the senior level when we came to the same coach and uh, in the same uh, level. So because of that, in the junior, in the juniors, we never, we never, almost never row together in the same boat. And before we we. We tried the different sports, one and me, but never the same. In the same time, we trained, I think it was in, I was two, four or five years age. We trained uh, gymnastics, but it was, we were pretty young and it was a long time ago. Yeah. That's, quite an, that's quite an interesting sport for a rower to have done as gymnastics. I won't lie, I wouldn't have picked you guys as the <laughs> gymnastic types. <laughs> Nobody would say we were gym, gymnastics. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's given you uh, uh, an after, extra After age. gymnastics, uh, I uh, trained uh, soccer for five or six years. Martin trained water polo and after that we, we started to roll. Yes, water polo must have been quite hectic because I know Croatia is a very good water polo nation and I've played a little bit of water polo in South Africa. That must have been quite... Uh, that's definitely a very rough sport, and I imagine Croatia must be really competitive. Yeah, yeah, in Croatia, I think it's one of the most popular sports in Croatia. It was fun, but I was still very young in that time. I was a good swimmer, actually, but I never had the chance to play some, let's say, big game or something like that. I think I played only one small game because I was younger than everybody then. I was, I think, seven or eight years of age, so I was three or four years younger than the other guys, so it was only fun for me, and okay. yeah, that's tough. So, so when did uh, the two of you row together for the first time, and, and I mean, do you remember it clearly, or is it just uh, another day of training? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> we, we need to think about it. I think it was in... Uh, at the beginnings, we, we had some, we had one training in double, I think on some younger training camps just for young kids, but I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> it, was, 
Maybe yeah. I think I think that too, but I'm not hundred percent sure that we maybe in that young years. But after in junior level, I think we never sit in the double. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we got to fast forward again to your your quad racing. So you guys, you started with a bang in the quad. You won uh, your first race together at the third World Cup, and then. You became under-23 champions in 2009, and then you finished world champs in fourth. Um, but 2010 must have been one of your guys' highlights of your career so far, because that was an unbelievable year. In many sense, it was your breakout year in the quad, and I think for both of you, uh, for you guys as brothers, because you guys won every single World Cup, you were the under-23 world champions, and you were both the world champions. Talk to us a bit about that that season. It must have been a very special season for the four of you guys. Yeah, it was, it was a dream season. And uh, I don't know, when you do something for the first time, it's a special feeling, especially for the World Championships. Uh, it was in Karapiro in New Zealand. And it's really, we have uh, really good memories of that. And it was really, we were still young. And uh, we became the world champions, and it was dream come true, I think, for in that time. And the whole season was fantastic, fantastic, and I don't know, it was really play breakthrough for us. And after that season, uh, we knew we can be at the top. Yeah. So, so tell us a bit about, I mean, there's not a lot of crews that have won under-23s and seniors in the same year. So tell us what it was like after winning three World Cups, uh, going to to under twenty threes and and racing people that were uh, that were obviously a little bit slower than the the rest of the competition through the year. Was that um, was that quite a, a an easy regatta for you guys, or did you still take it very seriously? I think it was more fun. We knew that we are faster than everybody else, and I think we we won for I think six seconds. So it was. Not that hard regatta, but uh, you need to stay focused because you knew you know that you are bad, you are faster than everybody. But if you lose focus, you can it can easily turn around. So we knew we need to only do what we know how to do the best, and that will win. And it it it, it, was, it was fun for me. But then after the under twenty three, the real training session start for the World Championship in New Zealand. We take the regatta very seriously, but at the end it, it, it was easy, but you need to take it seriously because otherwise it w wouldn't turn that good. Okay, yeah, obviously, you know, rowing is not, uh, you can't, uh, if you go into any race uh, thinking it's going to be easy, you're going to come second, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's harder than always when you think it's something which will be easy it's the hardest yes, for sure and then talk us through a little bit of uh, that Carapiro the New Zealand uh, world champs because uh, that was just one year before I went uh, into senior rowing and it was really windy and, and quite rough tell us a bit about uh, that, that week of racing there in New Zealand yeah it, it was really chaotic and uh, the whole uh, I think we came 10, 10 years uh, 10 uh, days uh, before the championship starts and it on some trainings you couldn't go on water and on some trainings 
you you just throw and uh, it was too wavy to row normally you know you just go on the training and <laughs> just try to survive we had the first uh, the heats uh, i think at sunday and uh, that day it was it was canceled the racing and it was everything was really crazy and especially for the finals that was i don't know <laughs> what to say because uh, the warm up on Car- carapiro was uh, even worse than uh, the actual race because it was uh, outside of the banks, you know. It was uh, more rough and everything, and we couldn't get uh, warmed up, and we just go to the start uh, feeling very cold and just just think to survive. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like... I remember this time on the warm-up, we tried to do the 26 stroke per minute, just uh, some warm up and we couldn't do <laughs> That's it because crazy. we were just stop and try to survive and it was on the end of course for us it was fun but you never expect that time in the world championship it's like you're going on something you never know what will happen but uh, it sounds like uh, like the Rio Olympics. Uh, I remember warming up, warming up there and going. They must cancel the racing because the girls could hardly row in the singles. They were just before I said I thought that they're gonna cancel because someone's gonna fall yeah. in. It was very strange feeling because you are going to the start to the final of the world championship and it, it's the first real final for us. We have we knew we are favorites to win. And you are feeling like you are going on some training or some uh, small regatta because you can't do anything and uh, you th- you're thinking, surely they need to cancel it. <laughs> yeah. It's a feeling. But I mean, I think it's it's just a, it's just a good example about, I mean, rowing is an out- outdoor sport. And the thing is, in sports, you need, to, you need to be prepared for any situation. And I think the 2010 World Champs in Carapira and then obviously the Rio Games... It's just examples of sometimes things do not go on are not in the ideal conditions and i think a true test of really good crews such as yourself is the ability to stu- still be able to perform under really crazy conditions such as when the wind is blowing like nuts and you have to race at 26 strokes per minute and still win anyway yeah and i think in in Rio in Rio, especially in Carapiro too, but especially in Rio, the good thing is that everybody had the same conditions. It was it was pretty bad. I think uh, if we are on the training camp, we won't go on the water on that conditions. But I mean, it it was same for the everybody, and I think that's the most important. Hmm. And if you are prepared for that, you can perform on everything. I mean, I think nobody in rowing, no, no athlete likes that conditions because it's unpredictable. But you have to be preparing it. And I think most important thing is that it's the same for the everybody. Yes, no, of course. I think you hit the, the, the head of the nail there. Um, so we're moving yeah. on to 2011. And I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about that season because it seemed like it was a little bit of a difficult year because you didn't quite replicate the same results you had done in 2010. Talk to us about going, having such a big breakthrough year in 2010 and then maybe um, struggling a little bit um, in 2011. Yeah, it was a difficult year for us because we were still young and we 
didn't have experience and it's harder to defend something than to to become world champions it's harder to defend i think and uh, as we didn't have any experience uh, of that uh, we maybe thought uh, we didn't uh, stay focused on training like before maybe and we thought about something else thing about something else i don't know maybe some new sponsors how we get something how we can get some money for training and stuff like that you know and uh, we were still young and uh, the results uh, weren't the same weren't the same like last year but it was still good results but we were a little bit frustrated about that we didn't know why it's happening why 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 are we a little bit slower than the year before Okay, so then, and then what did you change going into to 2012 to, to get back on track and then uh, back to, to winning all three of the World Cups in, in 2012, building up to the, the London Olympics? Yeah, I think we start to train more serious and focus only for the training, not that much for the stuff outside of the training. So I think we... The most important thing that uh, we grew up and uh, didn't bother with uh, some things out of the rowing that much anymore. I think that was the most important thing in 2012. And yeah, it was a good season for us, except for that uh, Olympic final yeah. race. But the season overall was really good and we had a good trainings and everything went good. Yeah. I mean, we gotta. We will get into the the Olympic Games just now. But so, I mean, you guys finished two thousand eleven, and it was a tricky year. But you clearly made some serious changes to your regime because twenty twelve came along, and you know the Olympic years are always the hottest years because everyone has been training for four years for for this specific uh, period, and everyone's really quick. And as twenty twelve progressed, you know, you could see that you and the German quad were having intense rivalry because of all the close finishes at the World Cup regattas. Talk about the build-up going into the Olympic Games. Yeah, before uh, we had uh, three World Cups, and we won every World Cup, and we were really sure about ourselves. Uh, we have uh, confidence, and uh, we know. We thought if we do everything right... Uh, we can beat the Germans and become uh, Olympic champions. And I think, I still think that uh, at that time uh, we were the better crew. But that, at that that day, probably the Germans were better on, mm. on just on that day. But uh, whole season we were really good, and uh, we did some wrong wrong things uh, to that finals. But uh, I think uh, th- this is the race that counts and Germans were better and uh, it's it's their years yeah it's their year I think yeah, I think I think we did a good good uh, preparation for the Olympics we didn't miss out anything and I think for that how Juan said it was good preparations we did everything with what we needed to do but we had a pretty bad race that day and I mean that's a good experience yes no without a doubt and I think for you guys, that was your first Olympic campaign, and even though your expectations obviously won the gold medal, coming away with a silver medal at your first Olympics, I think the whole experience must have been um, 
so amazing because even just going to the Olympics must have been a huge experience for you for you guys the first time round. I mean, talk about what a, what it felt like being at the Olympic Games in London and getting that Olympic medal. It must have been a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. For, firstly, the year before uh, when we uh, secured the FIA final in the World Championship uh, 2011 and we... No, we secured the uh, Olympic Games. That that was the special feeling because that that was our first Olympic Games, and uh, uh, it was something special, special to win the semi-final and you know you are going to the Olympic Games next year. So that was the special, and of course, uh, Olympic Olympic Games are really something special and uh, the best thing is sport and. The whole experience was so positive, and uh, maybe just uh, after the final, that one hour, we were a little bit dis- disappointed, but uh, a- everything else was perfect. And we stayed until the end, to the Olympics, and we had the whole experience, and it was really nice. Yeah, I think uh, there is definitely something uh, very special about the Olympic Games, and I think it's what uh, drives all of us on to, to carry on and to, yeah. to keep upping uh, the the game but it's much different than just the rowing uh, you know rowing championships or something else it's much bigger and you are with the uh, uh, sport every sports person from your country you are staying together uh, can't go out uh, and it, it's really special something special mm. definitely and then moving on from uh, from 2012 uh, you do another season in uh, in the quad in 2013 and another successful year and then after that you switch to the double let's uh, talk about the the circumstances that uh, caused you guys to go from the the quad in, into the double yeah we had a pretty good season in 2013 we were hungry for the gold medals because of the losing olympic final but then uh, in the winter and in the spring of 2014, uh, first the Damer had a, a back injury, then the Valent uh, had a, a stre- rib stress, stress fracture of the rib. And uh, I, I had a good season in the single to the April, then the Valent get better. And we sit in the double because Damer said that he can't can't be rowing all year because of the back problem. And for us, it was natural to sit in the double and try to have a good season in the double for the first. It was only for us preparation for the next year for the quad. We didn't have in our heads that we'll stay in the double. But obviously, we had a perfect season in the double and we broke the world record and get ahead of the guys for three or four seconds, and uh, we thought that it, we have a better chance for winning uh, Olympic gold in double than in quad, and because of that we stayed in double, we thought it, it's better chance for us to win the gold medal. And then, so, I mean, let's get straight into to that world best time. Uh, you said it in Amsterdam 2014, world champs. Uh, and being the only double ever to to go under the the six minute mark is is quite uh, an impressive record to to hold. We 
we saw before the race uh, that was the semi-final and we saw some world best time set uh, before a race and uh, we knew it's a really quick uh, course and uh, we talked with our coach and said okay we will go max and try try to beat the record and we'll see what will happen and <laughs> after after we uh, after the race when we saw the result we thought something is wrong because we didn't knew it's really possible to go under six minutes. Uh, we didn't plan that. Uh, we didn't know that we are that quick. And of course, it was quick, uh, quick course. And you need a lot of st- stuff needs to be on the right to set a world record. But uh, that was really, I don't know, unbelievable. And then in the so okay so you've done that in the in the semi and then in the final you actually rode quicker to the the halfway mark I think you rode under three minutes to the halfway mark at two fifty eight and then obviously you were you were quite a far up at that point so then did you you didn't go for it or was that just uh, you weren't really worrying about it it was about winning the race Yeah, I mean we already have the world best time and. We went under six minutes in semis, so we didn't have in our head that we can go even faster. And we just wanted to finish the race first. But actually, we had a pretty fast first 500 in that race in the final. I think it was, what, 26.9, something like that. It That's was crazy. Outrageous. And before the, before the race, we said we'll go a little bit slower. First 500 that we have strength for other... <laughs> Uh, part of the uh, course, but I don't know. Maybe the maybe the race uh, carried us up, and we didn't feel pain in that time. It was great, and last 500, it was just came just to came to the finish first, and we didn't have in our heads that we can go even faster. But I think maybe we could go under 559, maybe 558. Eight or something like that. <laughs> yeah. If we were going oh, fast yeah. as we can. Uh, after after the semifinals, we did that time, and you have a feeling uh, I'm going to rest. I don't know. I achieve under six minutes, you know. And you have final. You didn't uh, you didn't won anything, you know. And uh, you need to get prepared to the final, and you. You achieved something you, you you didn't think you will achieve the whole life. So yes. it was a little bit uh, strange feeling, and because everything that happened before in the final, we we just wanted to came first, nothing else. Yeah, that yeah, was the main goal, and we didn't we didn't think about the times and or anything. Yeah, because if you if you've got a world record, but then you didn't win the the regatta, it's not as mess. It's not as, yeah, as special. Yeah. That would be disappointing. Yeah, very. <laughs> very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just going back to to that five hundred, a one twenty six. I think, um, I think it's that's so impressive. I think most people uh, can't even do that in an eight or uh, even in a four. Is 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 difficult for for a lot of uh, guys to to do. And I mean, if the school kids are listening. To next time you're out on the on the dams, you go out and try and uh, row 126. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in any boat class is is pretty quick. So in the double, that's that's really really mean speed. Yeah, 
on trainings uh, when it's uh, still condition and it's normal condition uh, we always wanted to go around 130 that was our mark but i don't know what happened probably the course was quick and uh, because it's the final and it's the first final in double for us and we were very motivated to go quick and that's probably why we go that quick yeah. i think we never do did that time in the double anymore that's yeah. our fastest yeah. 500 um and then <laughs> coming off 2014 you guys must have been at the top of your game just sitting world best time and then by the time you get to the next Olympics, you had spent um, two years in the double, done really well. And um, the Olympic Games in Rio must have been another crazy experience. So we spoke a little bit about what it was like in New Zealand. But that Olympic final, I mean, you guys had been dominating the double up to that stage. But that Olympic final race was by no means an easy one. I think um, that Lithuanians gave you guys a really good race all the way to the line. I think, were, And you guys had such a good sprint coming in the last 500 meters. Chat to us a bit about that race and especially winning your first Olympic gold. Yeah, we knew it would be difficult because you achieve everything in double. You, we won the world world best time. We won the world uh, championship and we needed only that gold medal to accomplish everything in our career. And we knew that it would be difficult and uh, the race in the final, it was strange for us because the Lithuanians uh, passed us in oh, after the 1000 meters mark and uh, we knew that maybe we can beat them but it was it wasn't as we planned but uh, that's the thing in the sport you need to be focused on yourself all the time and you need to give your best in every race and then you can be better and uh, after 500 meters on the last 500 when we go to the finish we managed to pass them again and to take the gold medal it was it was strange race it was really difficult but we can manage it and i think that's the best thing in that we accomplished and that we could get our best uh, no matter how the races went out. Yeah, and I and I think you know you you um, you elaborating on an, an important point there, in that I guess in London 2012 you might have not won the gold medal, but in many ways the 25th, uh, 2012 and 2016 season was the same. You guys had been the dominating force getting into the Olympic Games, but this time around you had learned a lot from that 2012 race, and I'm sure. That experience of winning the silver medal, in many sense, probably gave you the experience that helped you a lot in that 2016 race. I mean, did you guys feel that you were much better prepared for the same scenario, but this time you guys could come out on top? Yeah, definitely it helped us that the 2012 season. And uh, uh, it, was, it was hard be before the race because uh, we felt a lot of pressure because we wanted to, to take that gold, especially after 2012. And it was uh, some uh, hard headwind, and you never know when, it, when it's wavy what will happen. And I think uh, at some point in the race, uh, we thought we will, will be 
second uh, when they passed us and we were really dead at that time. We didn't uh, knew how we can manage to go to the end. And I thought uh, they will beat us, but I don't know. I thought, okay, I will give my best uh, so they don't beat us easily, you know. I, at, at some point, I definitely thought we lost that race. Uh, but when we said we will go the hardest we can, I don't know, it, it was some, something I think uh, 600 meters to go. Uh, we lift our uh, throw crate and we gave our best. And uh, when we pass, were passing them, then you felt the adrenaline and everything and it was much easier than before. Yeah. But at some point, definitely, we thought we were lost. Uh, we won't get them. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that rowing is, is, is a very unique sport in like in how the race is, is not that long. It's only six minutes or so. And it's so physically demanding that when you when you start to get through the middle of the race and if things are not going as well as you want, it, it can be really, really uh, difficult mentally because you, you're under so much pressure to, to put the performance down. And if someone's going through you, that makes it uh, even harder. Was there was there anything that yeah. you said to each other in the race to to bring you out of that um, that like dark hole of, of thinking that you you weren't going to win the race? No, I think the good thing uh, is that we have the same racing philosophy, and we all always want to get the best from ourselves. And uh, I mean, Valen didn't say anything. He just said, "Let's go to finish." like usually in last six or five or six hundred meters and we start to push together all that we have from ourselves and i think that's the most important thing because uh, neither of us want to settle with the second place we want to give our best and like one said maybe in that time we didn't believe we can pass them but we try to do our best no matter what. So I think that's the most important thing in rowing. Yes. Because it's pretty you, hard to get everything from yourself. And if you are not in the position you want to be. Yeah. And also you can't change your, your opposition's race. So if you're putting out the best race that you can, it's the only way to to influence uh, the deci- or the result at the end of the day. You can't change uh, what your yeah. opposition is doing. But what I want yeah, but when I think about everything now that we are talking about, it, it's really easy to say something, you know. But when you are in the final and everything hurts and you think you can't go any faster, especially what happened in 2012 and somebody passed you and you think, I won't lose the first race in the double and I will lose the Olympic final, you know. That's really not a good way to do, <laughs> yeah. to lose some... Yeah, and uh, it's really hard to to stay focused, and uh, we are really very uh, very happy about what ourselves and uh, how we manage to turn things around. And uh, maybe I think now that would be easier to race if uh, we didn't go that hard the first five hundred meters. I think uh, uh, we. We wanted to be in front, and we gave a little bit too much at the first 500, and that's why we were a little bit uh, 
maybe not that good in uh, middle thousand. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. that that balance of of pacing is is always tricky and always comes up. Um, what is so exciting or so interesting for us, I think, to talk about uh, specifically this race, the the Rio 2016 final, is that uh, we've also had uh, Olaf Tufta on the show, and he was in the in the race with you guys. So, and you know, to hear his perspective of the race and how they dealt with the the race plan, and uh, and then hear you guys as well, it's also quite uh, quite interesting to see the the two races in in coming yeah. together. Probably the two different races because they didn't go so hard first first part and I think we go too hard first part. Yeah, actually, uh, Olaf said that he that they really struggled on the the rowing in the first uh, the first half of the race. They had to come down quite a lot on the on the tempo on the rates to to get back in control of the boat, yeah. and then they could go up again. I think uh, we didn't row so good first 500. We just pushed, you know, and uh, <laughs> that uh, it was tiring for us. But uh, we didn't row so good uh, like we know how to row yeah. because it was headwind, big headwind, big waves, and we hit the waves with uh, our oars. And uh, we knew that uh, Lithuanians are fast in the first thousand because of the races before they were really fast. And we wanted to be in front of them. But uh, at the end, I think uh, we gave too much to be in front. Well, I don't know. You still you still finished the race up, so I think you gave just the, the right amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's easier to talk now when we finish first. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> if we finish second, uh, I don't know how we can talk about it. Yeah, then it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be so, so easy to, to bring up those, uh, those memories. Just um, on Olaf, I mean, uh, Olaf is, is, has such a big sprint at the, the end of, of so many of his races. Were you ever worried about him coming into the end of the race and, and thinking that he was uh, going to dish up one of his uh, legendary sprints and, and come through you guys? Yeah, I mean, he's a legendary guy in the ruling and he have already won the two Olympic gold medals in the sprint, so... You always have to be careful about that kind of rowers and he knows how to win the race. He knows how to pass you in the last 200 meters or last 100 meters, I don't know. So, yeah, we always have one one side of your brain to focus on them because, you know, he can achieve everything big and he's always a threat. But... In that final, I mean, he was so far behind last 500 that we didn't worry about him. We were yeah. just worried about Lithuania in that time. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I mean, we we like to talk a bit about it here in South Africa in, in the training. I think, you know, being able to sprint at the end of a race is like a really good skill to have. But I think more importantly is to be able to develop the discipline and the training capacity to be able to operate at a very high intensity throughout the race. So ideally, yeah. you don't have to sprint at the end of the race to win. Much rather win the race in the third 500 or have such a big league through the halfway mark. Yeah, I, I think uh, the best race is when you are fast in the middle thousand. And uh, the best uh, crews and the crews that they are dominated, they are fast in the middle thousand. And it's, I think that's the best way to race. Yeah. Um, Not the fast, fast uh, 
first 500 and fast to the last 500. That's uh, sometimes you can win, but uh, you will not win every race with that. I think yeah. it's much better to be to have a good speed in uh, in the middle thousand. Yeah, if you're going on the sprint finish, maybe four of the five will went good, but that fifth will go bad. So I think, like my brother said, it's better to have the middle thousand. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And um, I think you guys touched on it quite well when you were talking about your racing philosophy. And we we interested to talk to you a little bit about your your training philosophy. I mean, you guys must have spent a lot of time together training in Croatia, on the water, off the water. Um, just talk to us what it's you know. How do you guys um, stay focused after so many years of being together? And also another interesting thing is because you've been so successful. What things do you do to stay hungry for that next medal? Stay hungry for the next Olympics. My brother, something talk about it uh, about the race philosophy, and we, we have the same race philosophy and training philosophy, and it, it, that's why we can stay together the, for so long time, and uh, we can train every day, twice a day, uh, together because uh, my brother and me always want to train uh, hard and uh, want to try maybe train more uh, in the, our careers we try a lot of programs to see how it will go to us and we really like to train and it, uh, it's not motivation maybe every day that you think about the olympics or world championships but we really like to train like to give our best and like to see where can we go with our body and with our rowing, you know? So that's why we can, uh, we can every day, we can train a lot and we can train really hard. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, you guys uh, often post uh, a little bit about your, your training that you've been doing or, or, or some racing on the ergo that you've been doing. And I mean, you're often putting up very big and impressive numbers. Is that um, something that you, you really try and do all the time? Or is it just certain sessions where you really... Uh, pushing it to the limit? Yeah, I think maybe the good thing is that we like, love to train and uh, we have a lot of training sessions and then the race is easier after that. But uh, especially for me, the best Erg's course was uh, get when I think I wouldn't go, go that fast last year when I was going under 18 minutes on the 6K, I I came on the early that day with my 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 head was okay. If I go under 132, it will be good. So I don't know. It's just you you see you have enough power and the race carry you away. And I think now in this perspective, you just need to we we just want to get the best training sessions that we can and we are not that much focused on the result on the erg result maybe if it's 10 seconds quicker or slower on the 6k is the same thing only you need to be in the good shape for the springs for the spring and the summer so we are not that much focused that we need to go better than last year i mean it's hard but if you can manage to do it, it's good. But if not, it's it's okay. 
it's not that bad. So, so talk us through. I mean, obviously, you you at when you at World Champs and you're in the double two and or the pair or any boat, you are a team. You're together. But then through the season, is the competition between you really tight? Because I mean, you your times at least between each other always seem very very close. So, what's the competition between the two of you like, and and does it get quite uh, heated at Feisty. at any <laughs> at any time of the year? Yeah, sometimes it can be, especially the singles, where we trade together. Especially years before, when, when we didn't have so much experience, every training we go beside each other and we went max and we couldn't do the training, uh, <laughs> the whole training, because we were dead after some part of the training. And uh, we like to race each other in the single and especially to train because I think it's much easier to, to when you have a sparring in training than just to go by yourself. And especially when you you have someone that you are close uh, with a close speed, and it's uh, it's really best training. And for me, it's maybe not the easier training because it's much harder, but uh, it's uh, mentally it's easier for me to have something, someone and just focusing on someone and give, giving our, my best to past him. So so who's the, the quickest between the two of you in the single? Yeah, it's always <laughs> the good battle and sometimes I think it's maybe 50-50. Oh. Sometimes oh. one thing, sometimes me win and it's, it's always the good races. Yeah, yeah. Last, the last three or four uh, years... Uh, we do just uh, autumn training in single, and we, we do some uh, distance racing like uh, Torino, Silver Skiff in Torino, or we did now uh, the Armada Cup. And in Torino, we've been last uh, five years, and it's always it's 11 kilometer regatta, and it's always between us, max five seconds. So yeah. that's, that's really good. That yeah. it's really really close. We have a saying though that you you only as good as your your last result. So when you guys raced each other last, who was the champion? You won better in this year your Mala Cup. It was fourth out six. So Ooh. last race Wallant won. So he holds the the title just for now. Just for now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now Martin is more hungrier <laughs> for the next year dead probably. But I, I mean, I think this, I think this highlights like in a very, a very important point uh, for racing is just the competitive aspect of training. I think is is a crucial part to racing because there's no point at training by yourself or being in a training system where you don't have that competitive aspect because when you get into a race. And you get put under some serious situations like the one you were under in Rio. The the, the situations yep. that you experience in training are going to be able to let you um, go beyond what you think you can do in a race. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, when we go in the double or now in the pair, uh, sometimes most of the time we are alone because we don't have anyone who can train with us. And... Uh, uh, when we are on the big lake and we do, I don't know, three or four times 12 minutes or something like that. And we are giving, uh, we, we thought 
we, we think we are giving our best and uh, when we have some sparring we are going much quicker so mm. uh, I think you can't go beyond some li limit when you are alone you need to have some sparring or some racing uh, to give it your best yes without a doubt also I think it's it's quite unique in your situation where the where you guys are so close and often it's 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 never one person winning all the time it's always you know who can bring it just that one percent more on the day and 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 take the the victory or, or push the other one on that little bit extra so it's um i think a lot of crews don't really have that they'll have one person that's a bit better than the other person yeah i think it was for us we always we always uh very close to each other in every race so i think i think that pushes us up and we are going faster because of that yeah and every every training is single we we do together every mm. training we go every day we, we are doing together yeah. yeah um and i so let's 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 move on so you know we we just we spoke about your 2016 race in the double but interesting um interesting enough you guys decided to change from the double into the men's pair after 2016 you know, Lawrence and I are really interested to hear what, what motivated you to not only change boats, but also disciplines into sweep rowing. That must have been quite a big decision to make. Yeah, we already won everything in the double. So we tried to find some new challenge for us. And we said, okay, we will try to go in the pair and try to win everything again in the pair. Because nobody ever done that before and... We, in the beginning, we think it's possible and we are, we can do it. First season, it was pretty good. In 2017, we were very happy about how the boat is going. It, it was not as we wanted to go, but in that time for how long we were in the pair, it was pretty good. And uh, this year, on the beginning, it was not that good, but after in the on the world championship i think we had a pretty good races and pretty good rowing so now we are very happy about that how the boat is going so i mean it's it's a big change well, from the it's interesting you know uh, the first idea when it comes first time uh, i spoke with uh, some guys uh, after the 2015 world championship in croatia we were celebrating and we were drunk and we thought, oh, what can we do? Maybe one guy said bear, and there's the idea come from. Yeah, that's a great story about deciding to run the pair. The best idea when you were drunk. Yes, the best ideas. Yeah. So what were the what are the big challenges going um, from the double into the pair, and and was it harder or or was it what you expected when you when you first got in the pair? Uh, some things uh, were much harder than we thought, we think. Uh, especially the the balance and to stay relaxed in the pair that, that, and to to have the length, you know. That, that's the three three things that we, we were really struggling to do the two years. Uh, we, we had lots of up and downs and it was uh, mentally hard for us. Because in the double, we were always uh, somewhere, I don't know, 
always the flat, you know, flat line. We're always good, good or there about. But in the pair, one training we thought, oh, now it's going good. Uh, now we know how to throw the pair. And the next training we go two steps down, you know, and everything is bad. So we had lots of up, ups and downs. We didn't expect them maybe before. Mm. Yeah, I think I think in 2017 it wasn't that hard mentally because we knew we are new in that boat and uh, it'll be difficult. But I think in 2018 we start the season with the thinking, okay, now we are one year experience in that boat. It'll be good. Everything will be better. But it wasn't. So for me, this year was tougher than last year. And... Um... So, I mean, we've, we've been talking about 2017 and we got to talk about that World Champs race in the pair because that has got to be the most outrageous sprint I have ever seen from any other crew. I mean, we, we talk about, we've, been, we've had a theme of talking about uh, races that you gain a lot of experience from. I'm sure that 2017 race um, in Sarasota must have been such a bittersweet result. That Italian pair of uh, Giuseppe Vincino and Matteo Lodo coming through with that last 500 must have been wild. Yeah, it was a crazy race. <laughs> it, uh, that race, we were going really good and we, we were going the best uh, the whole year. And I think uh, the whole race uh, went good for us. Maybe last uh, 100 meters, our technique wasn't that good and we didn't do well, but before before that last uh, the 100 meters, we were really, really rowing really good and we felt good. On the last uh, 500, we were one, one length uh, uh, in front of the Italians and I, I thought for sure we will win this. And we thought uh, physically we, we were feeling really good. We didn't feel pain that much and I think uh, in the double, we would definitely be able to come first uh, with the technique and everything. But in the pair, uh, when the Italians had that crazy sprint and you saw you saw them uh, sprinting and passing you, and then we lose the technique and everything went uh, really bad. Yeah, yeah. but but uh, I mean, the guys had a perfect race, and we have to congratulate them. It was pretty amazing from them, and when I watched that race, I mean, it, it's not a lot of people who can do that. No, no, in the rowing. And uh, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I think we chatted about it on our, when we when we went over the 2017 season on the show, and it it was our our race of the year to just see two epic crews yeah. going against each other and both dishing up the, the best that they can is, is always uh, really, really impressive to, to watch. Yeah, but after, after the race, we were really, really satisfied with how we did the race. And the time times, time was really good and fast. And we said they were, they were, they were the best at that uh, day and they were really, they did something special and really crazy. So then, and then it was, I mean, for us, it was also really nice to, to see that you guys, I mean, you started that, that first uh, World Cup in the pair, you know, it was a very tricky year, but each regatta you got better and better. 
And then coming into this year, you can also see that the, the, the work you guys have done, technically, you were rowing the boat much, much better and it was just looking better. Um, tell us about this year's World Champs finally managing to, to put on a, a really, really good show, especially after some injuries through the year and, and then coming away with the, the World Championship in the, in the pair. Tell us about the, the season and that race. I think we can prepare for the this world championship, but we were a little bit uh, scared because we had a lot of ups and downs this year, and we have some pretty bad races this year. So we weren't sure how it will fold up that championship, but on the end it was great, and I think we did every race how we wanted to do it, and. I'm happy about it, but on the first half of the season, it was pretty challenging for us, and it wasn't going how we expected. And uh, like you said, it was every race we improve ourselves, and we were hoping that we're going good on every race this year. So I hope it will be the next year like that. <laughs> yeah, and I think. I I just want especially especially between uh, Europeans and Worlds, uh, we did real really good uh, training camp and we did everything good and uh, our uh, coach was really happy about our technique and finally we did manage to do some things good like we did in double that we could do the year before or that year at all. So we were really confident in ourselves, but as Martin said, uh, when we were in, when we are in the start on the start in the pair, we still don't know how how will we turn out turn out yeah. because we are not uh, sure of everything still in the pair. But yeah, we did great uh, World Championships, especially especially final. It was really uh, we didn't expect to go that fast. And to be that um, that much in front. Yeah, well, I, th I think it's important, especially to our listeners, that by winning world champs this year in the pair, that means that you have been, you have become world champions in the quad, in the double, and now you in the pair. And what's really interesting about this is, is not only between boats; it's across disciplines. You've been a world champion in sculling, and you've been a world champion sweep. I'm sure this is, must have been. A big dream for you guys to pull off uh, this year. Yeah, I mean, it was when we started to row the pair. It was one of our goals to win the European Championship, World Championship, and of course, after that, the Olympic gold. If you, if it will be possible, and yeah, we achieve every two of our goals in this season, and it's pretty amazing, and we feel good about that and we feel confident for the next year and hope it will be like that and we are happy about every training session in the pair from now on and then so now winning in three different uh, boat classes uh tell us about the which like do you have a favorite boat class or i mean obviously you're very focused on the pair at the moment and the goal is the pair but is there anything specific about any of the boat classes that you really like or, or anything that you, you, you dislike in the in the different boat classes? Yeah, I think I think rowing is rowing in every boat class uh, the same 
principles are in the in the every both guys. I think uh, with the technical aspect, then you need to be prepared physically. <clears throat> of course, there, there are some differences, but uh, I think uh, the main thing you need to do in I don't know single, you need to do in the eight. So if you are if you have a good coach and uh, if you trust him. Uh, I think you can jump in every discipline and you can be successful, probably. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's uh, we never thought about this uh, ten years before. We, we were happy to be in the final or to be in, <laughs> to go to the Olympic. Uh, not dream about to win three yes. gold medals in three disciplines. That, yes, that's it's really. Just as you as you've gone along, that's sort of how it's uh, how it's played out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What we'll do after Tokyo, maybe some other discipline. Who knows? What? You're going into the eight, I think. Yeah, eh? I think the eight's the next, <laughs> the next, next thing. It's fun, but we don't have that much good rowers in the Croatia. So. Just pull them up, pull them up, and take them with you. So. Yeah, maybe maybe you can come to Croatia to row for Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you must uh, come to South Africa. <laughs> so maybe who knows? So is there out of all the races that you've done? I mean, you've had some some really big races over over the time. Are there is there a favorite race that that uh, comes up for you guys that you you really love? Yeah, I mean, of course we always. First thing is the first World Championship gold, then Olympic gold, and I love that race in the Amsterdam where we broke the world record. And I think maybe that three races is the, and of course the race in the pair this year in the World Championship is special for us. Yeah. It's hard to put one race in front of every other. I think maybe this, this four races is. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe this race in the pair this year and in 2014 Amsterdam, the semi-final and final, uh, if you're just looking for the race, but if you're looking for uh, importance of the race, of course, Olympic gold is Olympic gold. And yeah. That's beyond everything. But for the races, I think that was our best races. Maybe this year, the pair and the 2000. 14 semi-final and final in the uh, double yeah um I'd, i'm i'm interested to talk about uh, you guys have raced in the quad and now you've you've raced in double now you've raced in the pair um i want to i'm interested here has your training outside the boat changed that much through the different seasons especially once you swap boats did you adapt your training a little bit to now row in the pair for example or has the training very much been a consistent thing throughout uh, the different bow classes. Yeah, it was the same. It was consistent, and we didn't change it at all. Only we changed the discipline, but uh, we trained the same. And I think maybe that's the important thing for us to stay in the good training. And we didn't change it almost at all mm. for the different disciplines yeah we, we didn't change it for the, the different disciplines but uh, as i mentioned before we try to do some things but uh, not related to what discipline we are doing but just to try something 
I think uh, in uh, 2014, 2015, we try to do three trainings a day. Now we don't do it. We just do it two trainings a day. Our coach was wasn't satisfied with that. Yeah, trying some things, um, but not because of the discipline. Yeah, and um, I mean also like on continuing on the same point. You guys have now been racing um, for 10 years, basically, on, on the senior circuit since 2008. Talk to us about some of the things that you have changed mentally, just in the way you approach training from when you were much younger in 2008 to where now you're much more experienced. Have there been some significant changes that you have made mentally um, towards your training? Or have there been some also significant changes to the actual training itself? I think the most... Uh the biggest change especially in my head was before i the the rowing for me wasn't that uh, important or not it was always important it wasn't that in my head it was more fun than than the work hard and now i just think of that i that i need to do every training session as better than, as i can so Maybe that's the most important thing. We get more more experience and uh, let's say different in that perspective. So before it was more fun. Now it's a uh, little bit different. But yeah. I like it now better than before. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, interesting. Yeah. it's interesting because uh, for me it's the opposite than that. I was before... Uh, Every training session, I need to be good. When I lost one training session, I thought about it for a month. And uh, now with the experience, it's not, uh, you know, when, when sometimes it's not going good, uh, you know, it's normal. And you just go and try to be better next uh, training. Yeah. But before, for me, it was always I wanted to be. It wanted to be the best trainings, to be best, uh, uh, best speeds and everything. Now I'm more re- relaxed uh, about that, and I think it's much better for me. Yeah, I think uh, just over time you learn to to get the best out of the training, and it's not. Uh, you realize that it's not just uh, about one day. It's about the whole the whole year, the whole yeah. the whole three years, four years, even. I think. I think for me it's changed changed after uh, that 2014 because I th- that year I had the fir- first uh, stress uh, fracture of rib and I couldn't row for uh, two months and before that I I thought if I don't row for I don't know a few days uh, everything will be bad and we have a bad uh, races but that year uh, I didn't row for two months and I I had the injury I didn't train month and uh, everything was great and after that I saw it's not that important if you miss some training uh, but if you train good for a whole period you know and, and more relaxed and it's interesting because Martin had the opposite uh, experience. Yeah, I think I was I was not that serious in rowing before <laughs> and now I'm more serious. I, the big difference uh, for me is that Maybe in 2009 and 10, I didn't enjoy in training. I do trainings, but I didn't enjoy it. Now I really enjoy the training. And I think that's the, business. Yeah, Maybe the biggest it's, difference. It's, it just sounds like you guys have, have learning a little bit more from each other over the years and finding that perfect balance between being relaxed and being serious when you're approaching training and racing. 
that, that that's important to have that. Yeah. yeah. So so I want to go. I mean, you you touched on it about how Croatia is is quite a small system, and um, I want to know a bit about how how does the training work there? Do do the other guys? I mean, obviously you guys are quite uh, doing quite well, and and and. And do the other guys want to come and train with you? Do you train with uh, other other people in the team? And I mean, I saw after injury in Lucerne, you guys uh, change your boat up a bit. Is that something that you do in training as well? Uh, no, in Croatia we don't have any system. You know, we have just uh, coaches from the clubs, and every crew have their own coach and their system. No, uh, we don't have the same programs or anything. Uh, we have uh, one program with our coach and other crew have another program and doing another thing. And we don't have uh, we don't have national uh, training camps or something like that. That uh, everyone from Croatia comes and train the same. Okay. We don't have that. And and do we don't, do other guys not want to come want and train with you, considering how well you guys are doing? Uh, sometimes we do some training with some other crew, but uh, we don't do the whole program because they think we are uh, that we can do more than them. So they think if they train with us, they will get overtrained, and they don't do the whole program with us. You know. But I mean, I guess on the on the other side of the coin, I mean, as as you guys obviously have developed your own your own personal system over all these years and in a sense you know you don't want to compromise on what you guys are doing um, to a certain extent in the, in the, in the same manner during the years uh, we, we were able to see what is good for us and uh, what isn't and what we need to do to be successful so we have our own system but uh, of course uh, we like uh, when somebody come to us and train with us we have a lot of uh, crews from Serbia, Slovenia, Hungary. Who sometimes they go to training, come with us, and we train with them okay. because uh, it's hard for us to find some uh, good sparring partner in Croatia yeah. to train with. Um, and uh, going on the same point, I mean, like it's, I mean, like the your relationship with uh, Red Bull has been um, quite successful over the years. Talk to us a little bit about that the the involvement that Red Bull has with you, and it's nice to see that someone like Red Bull has gotten involved and help you guys with the training. Talk to us a little bit about that involvement there. Yeah, I think that the most beautiful uh, sponsorship you can get in the sport because they are not just our sponsors. We are pretty good friends with them, and they are whatever we need, they will get us. And uh, I mean, they are our first sponsors, and after that, everybody came after us more than before. And I think it's—I mean, they—they they give you the cans, they give you the some clothes and everything, and they support you in everything you need. Whatever we ask, they will—if they can get it, they will give it to us. And I think that's the one beautiful story. Mm. And then uh, are this this next season, or are you gonna get a boat like uh, Timo Olenesky? Because I saw his boat was uh, done like the the can and uh, looked pretty cool. Are you guys gonna do something similar? 
Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Uh, we had uh, 2015 in the yes. double. We had uh, something similar. Yeah, uh, we had a uh, uh, blue blue color of our boat. But now we didn't talk about that. Uh, maybe who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, our good dad, uh, he, he wants our uh, boat to be normal because. Uh, when it's darker, it's hard. You need to cover it all the time. In you need to cover it from the sun because it, it's not uh, yeah. easy to maintain it. Um, and then I'm I'm on this on the same topic on on sponsorships and rowing. I think it's it's a difficult thing to get right in in rowing as a sport because of how small it is. Um, if you had to give advice to rowers around the world on what things they can do to make them more appealing to sponsors such as Red Bull and others, what things what things would you tell a person to try grow their brand, grow their profile, and try get help from uh, uh, brands like Red Bull? Yeah, I think you need to be very active on the social media. That's the probably the most important thing and. I think uh, for us always work good that uh, you try to be humble because we are not some big sport and you can't expect a lot from the sponsors. You don't have uh, that much viewers like some other sport and I think you need to be prepared for the that you want to be some pretty big money from the rowing. You need to be humble and try to get as much as somebody will give you and try to give everything you can to that sponsor and that's the most important thing I think yeah yeah and uh, I think in Croatia in Croatia it's it's not enough when you are in that uh, how do we say smaller sports you know sports that not so much covered with the TV and everything you need to give them something more not just the result because in the in the quad we had the result we had we, we were the world championship world champions and uh, we were second at the olympics and we couldn't find any sponsors uh, you you need to give them something more yes to be some personality or some, something like that it's uh, like martin said it's not it's not like uh, they are our sponsor they give us money we have a cap and that's it uh, you get uh, much more you get experience with a lot of things. Uh, we were, uh, they were driving us with a helicopter. We were driving on the Red Bull uh, ring, you know, racing cars and stuff like that. And that, that's that's really good with the Red Bull. Yeah, I think you that they they such experience. cool experience. Yeah, they such a cool, exciting brand. And uh, Martin Valent, we're going to move into the final part of our interview. And these are called the quick fire questions, which are questions. <laughs> yeah, they're questions that we, we ask all the athletes that we interview. Um, and they, um, they're pretty, they, uh, pretty concise and uh, be great to listen to some of them. So the, the first question is, if you could race any boat class at the Olympic Games, what would it be? I know you've raced two boat classes already, but there is, is there any dream of the eights or something else interesting to be at the Games? Uh, I would like to row the eight. Me too. I, I never rode the eight, seriously. And uh, 
I would really like to roll the weight. If, if we have some good guys to be competitive, I would really like to. Yeah, yeah. it would be fun. Yeah, I think it's the same for us because our, our team is, is, is small enough uh, that there's no way we'll race it at the games, but we also yeah. have enough people to row the eight uh, in, in the local races and in some training. So it would be, it's always a dream for, for us, I think, to, to also be able to uh, put an eight it, on. It does look like a lot of fun, yeah, I, I won't lie. Yeah, I think uh, we didn't row, we rode the club eight or stuff like that, but we, we, we didn't row the eight that goes quicker than 540 or quicker than than our quote so i would really like to experience that yeah um so the next question uh it's usually only only for one person but because there's two of you it's if you could choose any two other people to row from any time or anywhere in the world to row in a coxus four or a quad with who would your your other two crewmates be uh, is it for uh, sculling or? Oh, you can choose you either. Can choose either. And also, it doesn't have to be for a race. It can just be like uh, two other people that you guys really want to row with. Or if you really don't want to row with your brother anymore, you can choose three. <laughs> three <laughs> yeah, three other people. Yeah. I would ditch the brother. Yes, we want to row with the Marian. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that would be would yeah, be a quite exciting. Maybe thing. maybe Chin and Tompkins because of their philosophy of rowing. I think we could learn a lot from them. Yeah, yeah. And Those maybe are... from Stalin, for Stalling, I would say Tufte, Drysdale, and Sinek. Uh, yeah, we already row with the Istok Chop, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a legend. Yeah, so you're giving us, I think you're going to have to, what, we're going to have to make like a, a 12 or a 16 boat to, to fit everyone that you want to row with in. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's hard because uh, there's a lot of uh, great guys and legends in rowing and it's hard to say. But we rowed the, the uh, great eight, the Sculling Gate yes. in Boston in 2015, I think, uh, with Olaf and Mahe. And it was a really cool experience. Yeah, yeah. that always looks like a, a really great game. time. Now that I think about it, that was the quick eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that um, was a pretty good eight. Yeah, and I think I really liked your suggestion of Drugin and James Tompkins because we actually spoke to Drugin, and I think you hit the nail on the head there because he he has such an interesting philosophy and he's mostly conf- uh, concerned with just that topic of will it make the boat go faster and I think it's a really interesting way to approach rowing and to approach the way you do training Um, because sometimes I think people can get fixated on the wrong things in training and the best way to go is not always the obvious way yeah yeah definitely yeah it's interesting philosophy yeah and I would definitely like to try it with him yeah um so the next question is, what is your favorite rowing race that you find yourself watching over and over again? It doesn't have to be one of your races. It can be any race from rowing. Uh, I like I like that race, uh, the pair 2000 uh, with our president now. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, I, I watched it so many times that it crazy race maybe that one yeah that or maybe the, the 2008 Beijing the the Polish quad I really like that drawing and yeah I, think, I enjoyed it yeah I think that much. 
that Polish squad was really classy. I think the, I mean, the 2008 campaign from the Polish squad, I just think was a, was um, a, a long time to put together a really, really good crew. And I think that's definitely right up there with one of the, the classiest squads that uh, has ever been out there. Yeah. But um, that, that 2000 race, I think, uh, I think uh, we need to have uh, Jean-Christophe Roland on the yes. show yeah. just to speak yeah, about that to, race. Just, just that to one talk race. about that race for an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's seriously amazing. It's so different to yeah. any other race as well, which I think makes it uh, quite, quite special. So the next uh, two questions are a little tricky, but uh, let's see how, how you guys go. Uh, the first one is, if you were in charge at world rowing what would you change or what would you you like to to add to our sport uh, i think i would give it uh, definitely the, that uh, the rowers can give, have more uh, logos and sponsorship and stuff like that yes and uh, yeah definitely you need the rowing needs to be more televised uh, sport than it's a tricky. Uh, it's a tr- tricky to say maybe to shorten distance, but rovers, us rovers, don't like it because it will be another sport. It wouldn't be the same if you put uh, 500 meters on 1000. But I think it will be more uh, interesting for the media and for other people that are not involved in the rowing. It will be more interesting sport. Yeah, but also maybe maybe, maybe adding the, the shorter distances in other times yeah, of the year, maybe. not necessarily changing the, the Olympics, but changing the just bringing another element to the to the racing. Yeah, maybe so you have kayak, uh, some di- disciplines just to have rowing. Maybe you have normal. 2000 meter disciplines and shorter disciplines to have maybe yes. something like that and uh martin would you would you change anything make any different answer there yeah like brother said more logos and uh maybe i will open up the federation a bit i think it's uh too strict with some issues and i think i will open it up and try to be more with the time yeah say like that yeah i think i think this the sport of rowing is in a in a good position where it's got so much opportunity to innovate and i think the things that you spoke about are actually very common themes that we've learned from many rows we have spoken to primarily the shorter distance racing i think from a spectator point of view it adds so much value and then also sponsors and logos i think can add so much value to the sport and to the athletes yeah. themselves yeah, and maybe to the unfair conditions. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some words that uh, was that uh, maybe the athletes will choose their lane or something like that. Yes. Just maybe the... that that's a smart idea. Think about it, and because uh, when we had uh, quarterfinals, the lightweight double had the quarterfinals before, and it was mixed results and. That's really the worst thing that it can happen to you. The unfair conditions. Yeah, yeah. Our our lightweight double Maybe also got a got a raw deal in the in that race. So uh, we know what you we know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for one year and something like that happens, then it's really tough. For yeah. Athletes. Yeah, like you said earlier, though, is that you know it's it's fine to have different conditions as long as it's fair across all the lanes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Just... 
Ponget the same, the whole the every lane is the same. I don't mind yes. every condition. So the next question is uh, is the, the the main one for that every single rower wants to wants to know is is what is the what are your two your two k PBs on the on the rowing machine on the erg? Yeah, mine is five forty six. I think five forty five. No, no, yours is 5.45.5, and my mine is five forty six point one, and it happened on the same rate. That's okay. ridiculous. I can't believe how close it is between Point you two. Six yeah. of a difference between you two. Yeah, yeah, the same race. Uh, that's our PB. It was two years before on the Croatian National uh, Championship in uh, on the Earth. But last year uh, we also had uh, five forty-nine and five fifty. It was yeah, also it was a close race. Always. Yeah, close race. It was. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. tight. So last up, and I know we we spoke a bit about some different sports, a bit about uh, water polo and 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 soccer that you guys have done. But if you could choose any sport, uh, winter or summer Olympics, to to go to the games in, uh, what would it be and why? I like to play tennis. I like that sport, uh, but I. Don't think it's good uh, in the Olympics because uh, it in tennis it isn't uh, the biggest sport. The, the best, the best, mm. the competition in tennis. So I don't like that. So maybe some other sport. Uh, it's hard to say. Maybe I'll try cycling. I like cycling, and I mean I I know I'm not for the cycling. I'm too heavy, but. I like to cycle and I pretty much like the sport after the rowing, so that would be my second choice. Well, I mean, maybe I would do some team sport just to try some yeah. uh, basketball or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, track cyclists are actually ginormous. Uh, they they're quite big. Yeah. The the guys that cruise around the velodrome. Yeah, but you need to be explosive for that. I think rowers are more endurance for, for, for yeah. people. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, while we talk about different sports, it must have been amazing for you guys to watch Croatia play in the World Cup final this year. I mean, that must have been incredible. Yeah, it was an amazing summer for all Croatian people. It yeah. was something special. And, we, uh, we really done a great job and the whole world was watching and they were really great. Yeah, we we were joking and saying that after the Lucerne regatta, you guys decided to catch a flight and then go watch the the World Cup final instead. (laughs) Oh no! We watched we watched the final on the Zurich (laughs) airport. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, good job. Yeah. <laughs> we thought maybe you just uh, you had made up the the injury to to go and watch, uh, to go yeah, watch yeah, the yeah. soccer. To go to the final. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. was. You never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a wrap for us. Uh, just a huge thanks, guys. Uh, really, such an awesome yeah. conversation, and just really, really, really cool. Thanks so much for for all your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's a great show. 
Yeah, thanks. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> see you next year. Yeah, no, we'll be. We, it'll be keen. It'll be good to see you guys overseas, and we can maybe chat a little bit more next year. Don't be too fast. Cool. So that's a wrap from our episode. I think that's the the longest single episode we we we've ever put out. I mean, usually we split the long ones into parts one and two, but we thought this one was uh, too good, and we had to give it to you in one mega dose. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, and I mean, like we both learned a lot from chatting to these guys. Um, and of course, uh, please let us know what you thought about the longer episode. Let us know about the chat. Um, and there were a lot of new things you tried. For example, Lawrence mentioned in the introduction that we're speaking to a crew now instead of just one athlete. Um, but yeah, we're really having fun here and um, hope you guys are really enjoying the show. Of course, you can email us. There's a WhatsApp link in the show notes below. Um, and get a hold of us on Instagram. Yeah, we're fairly good at it and responding to your requests. So let us know what you think. Of course. And that's it for us. Ciao. Sweet. Enjoy your day.